0: This is not a dream job, this is reality. I am a man and a man. The best word I can say but uh, will describe this was boom. The
1: Premier League is a fraud. Yeah, Styles, Styles. he was football's equivalent to Popeye. Weedy-looking man with glasses and no teeth. When he walked on that football field, you'd think it was Goliath.
0: It frustrates me. I mean, Martinez lose all day. I mean, it's like Men in Black is. Have you ever seen the film Men in
2: Black?
0: Ferrethead.
1: It
0: looks like
1: a ferret, doesn't it? Hello and welcome to the Balls E Football Show, which is our football show here on Balls E My name is Mikey Trainer, and I am back after a couple of weeks away from the podcast due to uh scheduling. I've been even on the weekends and I've had a lot of midweeks off uh, where I've missed uh, missed podcasts. I am joined today by Gavin Cooney. Gavin yeah, ever present here still. Yeah. The rock. You don't uh, you don't really <laughs> do midweeks off. Uh we should also thank you, thank Ladbrokes for uh, for partnering this this uh, podcast and sponsoring it. Today we have an interesting discussion. We're going to be talking about because the the, sp- the world of sports news is dominated by the Lions squad yeah. which was announced earlier today. So we are going to have a go at naming our Lions squads for football yeah. if if in some hypothetical world the uh, the countries of Ireland, Northern Ireland, Scotland, Wales, and England decided to join forces and take on somewhere in the world and go on a tour. We have our squads and we're going to be picking them. We're also going to be talking to an Irishman abroad in Killian Sheridan, who's been banging the goals in in Poland. Yeah, um, Cavan's ch- big Champions League
3: hero. He's the, probably Cavan's most travelled man, isn't he? I would say comfortably. Yeah, with his new club me. is Yagalonia. Yeah, in, in Mark Poland. Farrelly
1: in the office would be better to talk about that, but he's not. Here, we're also going to be doing Pundit Watch as usual. We've got some Champions League specials in there. We'll have our Labrook's better of the Week, and we will finish with an update from Chinese Super League oh. after we picked our teams. And it's a juicy update. It is. Um, but first and foremost, let's dive into this Lions discussion.
3: Yeah, now, like, I'm I'm often loath to... To take many pointers from rugby for football, uh, mm, yeah. Frankly, football is a superior sport. I think we're all very comfortable <laughs> in saying that, and like especially Ooh. this, like this respect for the ref nonsense. And you rugby. would have to worry Don't that, that the rugby
1: crowd come after you, but they, there's no way they'd listen to a no, god. God forbid they'd listen to
3: a football <laughs> podcast. You really serious? Uh, but they do. They have struck on something quite cool with the Lions in the sense that it's a really good cool game of top trumps between rival nations, yeah. and under uh, this kind of false thing of them working together and playing together. Uh, the from a irish point of view the irish and british lines is about having more irish players in there than english players <laughs> yeah. or welsh players uh, so we have decided uh, to pick a squad of 23 uh-huh. from the republic of ireland northern ireland wales scotland and england to go on tour and we do also have to pick a coach uh, pick a destination to go on yeah. say a 10 or 12 match tour and we also have to pick the guy who is to carry around the little cuddly toy mm-hmm. uh, so we'll leave that big news for last uh, so we've both picked 23-man squads. Before we continue, I should say that we're both
1: fans of rugby, and that <laughs> mocking rugby fans is, in part, mocking people who are a part of our own lives. Yeah. So that's just a disclaimer before we move <laughs> on. But yeah, it was a tough call. 23 is a, sh- is a small number. So what I've done is I've taken two from every position in a four-four-two, and then one kind of I-can't-leave-him-behind type of guy okay. just to make sure my squad has proper depth. Okay. There's also players that can play a couple of positions listed uh, as such. And... Um,
3: Will we go? So, will you name your keepers? I'll name my keepers. You name your defenders. I'll name my defenders. You're is that sure. the best way to work? Yeah, is? I think that's okay. I
1: think that's a good way to do it. Um, all right. So, my goalkeepers are both English. I've taken Jack Butland and Tom Heaton. Okay, because uh, I think they're the two best goalkeepers in the
3: talent pool. I have. Uh, I've taken three goalkeepers. I probably didn't need to. <laughs> I didn't need to bring three. I could have done an Nile Quinn and a an Italian 19. Yeah, let's him as a goalkeeper. I've Darren Randolph because <laughs> we're biased. Well, uh, Fraser uh, Foster and uh, Mike McGovern from. Yeah, Mike McGovern
1: actually did genuinely come into my discussion because this is a, this is a squad. Like straight away, you're going to be like, or well, I'm, well not you personally, whoever's listening to this, but people, <laughs> people are going to be like, oh well, like X is a better player than Y. We're talking about international football, so it's mm. how players perform in international football, which instantly makes the England players far <laughs> less pickable. <laughs> Which is um, which is in our interests here, but I've gone I've gone with Butland and Heaton. I think they're just the two best goalkeepers out of that out of that bunch. You're talking about England, like they haven't done much on the international stage. Yeah. But goalkeepers a position where I I'm, that's I'm, true. None I of couldn't his I couldn't pick Darren Randolph on his, on his current form. Oh like, yeah, Wayne Hennessy was never in the discussion. And we all Hennessy
3: couldn't make it. Whoever plays in goals for Scotland could never make it. Craig Joe Gordon. Hart obviously. Oh Craig Gordon might have made it actually. No, I wouldn't didn't really think about it. No, him. He have. Um, Joe Hart never came into the discussion into never my head. Uh, in I went with Foster, and I probably. I don't know. I think Foster would be my crap. third choice Pricey there. Has been crap he's a bit, this he's a bit overrated. He's been crap this season, but he's he's, he's making me. my third goalkeeper slash. Uh, yeah. Which by the way, I shouldn't, probably shouldn't have picked three goalkeepers. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I also,
1: I think we have an, uh, more differences coming up because I think I picked my squad based on if I had to bring them this summer. Yeah, like the tour
3: is this summer.
1: It's directly competing with the Lions, so I've brought my squad. Okay, so on current fitness. yes yeah, so I don't so think you've got. I don't think. <laughs> I think if we go to right backs, I
3: think. <laughs> I, uh, I'm bringing the one-legged Seamus Coleman. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I didn't realise that this had to be uh, this, this summer. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'll bring Cyrus Christie.
1: <laughs> I mean, you can, but you're going to be vilified in the media for, for doing uh,
3: so. So I do have Coleman in there. I picked. I didn't really know how to break the squad down, so I picked four fullbacks and four centre backs. Is okay, that yeah. a thing? Well,
1: give me your four fullbacks and I'll give you mine, because I have four fullbacks. It's just two on each okay, side. Okay, cool. So That's
3: I am bringing Seamus Coleman. Uh, I'm also bringing Robbie Brady as a left back rather than a midfielder. Okay. And then I'm bringing Danny Rose and Carl Walker.
1: Interesting. Danny Rose and Kyle Walker are both uh, in mine and they're both first choice in in my team although I haven't picked a test squad just yet. (laughs) Um, My left backs I brought, no sorry I brought two right backs, I brought Nathaniel Klein and Kyle Walker as my two right backs and I brought Danny Rose and Andrew Robertson from Scotland. As my oh, two. That's a good um, one. I think Robertson's quality. Okay. The other. Um, like it's a Scott in there as well. I wanted to bring Neil Taylor, but no, I didn't. Couldn't. At all. No, and no. He's not even good enough to get in the team if I didn't, you know, think as little of him as I did. Yeah. Okay, so, well, then uh,
3: in that. If we are going to stick to this, if we're playing this summer, I'm afraid Seamus Coleman is out and I would have to bring probably Nathaniel Klein, yeah.
1: Yeah, okay.
3: The first guy I can think um, of, anyway.
1: I considered Robbie Brady as a fullback as well. And yeah. It's cool, like for a bit That's of balance, good but, uh, but no, they're my four centre backs. Who are your four uh, centre
3: backs? Uh, no Republic of Ireland representation here of John Stones from England, uh, Ashley Williams from Wales, but he's fourth choice. Uh, Johnny Evans and Big Gareth McCauley. Big Gareth McCauley Big Gareth <laughs> Gold shame. machine
1: That is fair You do need a goal threat uh, yeah. And that's totally fair enough My four are Ashley Williams Who was the first one That came to mind really for me Chris Smalling uh, Michael Keane And Johnny Evans Okay yeah uh, Chris Pretty Smalling it, was yeah. Completely 50-50 Between him and Gary Cahill um, and John Stones, the three of them, like, and I just went for Smalling. I don't know, personal preference. Yeah. Either way, it's not a very strong defending core. The sad and thing is nice. that really, you can't, you, real can't, you, can't justify, you can't justify taking any
3: Irishman. No. no. Well, I don't, any uh, Southern Republic of Ireland. I don't think you can, really. can um, But also, even like, that's not a very strong backline anyway. No, it's a real lack I of mean, good like, center half At the
1: moment, my team, if I was picking a test team, my team is Butland, Rose, Williams, Michael Keane, and Kyle Walker. Yeah. as a back four which is actually solid
3: I think my starting back four out of that would be well if Coleman can't, it be, would be Kyle Walker Johnny Evans John Stones and Robbie Brady mm-hmm. which I'm starting Darren Randolph and going by the way <laughs> we're we're very very biased <laughs> it's, a weak, it's, um, it's a weak squad so. right I have eight midf- I have a heap of midfielders I brought eight midfielders and four strikers okay yes. we start yeah off? me too I've got eight midfielders okay, cool. and four strikers as well um, go on give me a few of the midfielders
1: uh, Harry Arter is in
3: Okay. Joe Allen is in.
1: Yeah. Um, I've also included Gareth Bale in my midfield. Yeah. Rather than list that's him as an exact, attacker, that's exactly what I did. I've also included James McLean in my midfield. Jordan Henderson gets the nod. Uh, Robbie Brady, Robbie Snodgrass and Adam Lalana round off my final yeah. eight. Uh, again, you're, it's you're not ca- the strongest
3: selection. No, you're kind. You're again, you're being kind to Scotland. I think with your overall pick, I've Gareth Bale that's in there, I and I have Joe Allen. And what I said
1: earlier about using international football To justify not selecting England players I've completely flipped that for Scotland And <laughs> I'm going purely on their Premier League board
3: <laughs> You need a bit of a token a, a token Scott on the tour My token Scott is in midfield And it's Darren I Fletcher bring, I was
1: tempted to bring Stuart
3: Hogg uh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I was honestly tempted to bring Stuart Hogg But anyway you've, you've gone with Fletcher and Fletcher
3: Scott. is in midfield I have Bale You have Bale I have Joe Allen You have Joe Allen And yeah. I have Henderson and Lallana You have both of them don't yeah. you yeah. Okay my difference is So I have Raheem Sterling in as a midfielder I have Deli Ali as a midfielder. I
1: have Ali as well. Did I not say him?
3: No, we mi- okay. We missed Ali. is. there. Okay, cool. So I have Ali as well. So if Stephen Davis from Northern Ireland, yeah, Northern Ireland's change. best player has to go in. Fletcher yeah. uh, Fletcher's there and Raheem Sterling is there. I'd and nearly, I also have Bale, uh, Allen, Henderson, and So There's I'd not ne- a whole lot of difference. There. No,
1: I would nearly dropped Jordan Henderson to take Stephen Davis actually in my midfield. So if I'm picking it, I'm picking a five because I'm only going to play with one striker. I'm definitely taking Bale on the right. I'm taking Brady on the left. I'm taking Harry Arder and Joe mm-hmm. Allen holding and Deli Ali. At the 10, although Adam Lalana's got to get in that team, doesn't he? He probably has to get in over James McLean, as much as that breaks my heart. Yeah, I've. So uh, Bale, Bale Lalana, and Ali in attacking positions, uh, Allen and Arter in holding defensive positions.
3: My lineup is a four-two-three-one. so I've named my back four. I've Stephen Davis and Joe Allen as holders, uh, with Bale, Ali, and Sterling all mm-hmm. playing behind Harry Kane, mm-hmm. who's one of my four strikers, uh, along with Shane Long, Marcus Rashford, and. <laughs> Realistically, this is for morale yeah. and for content reasons. Uh, Will Greg has, has made ah, has made my lineup. Come on,
1: you'd be vilified for that. My my four strikers are: just three Englishmen. It's Rashford, Long, Vardy, and Defoe.
3: Okay, uh, Defoe,
1: yeah, ahead of, ahead of Harry Kane. Harry oh, Kane! Shit. I actually forgot Harry Kane existed. So let me take Kane. Over to uh, <laughs> Sorry, sorry to Sorry, Jermaine. You did have one I actually, brief moment. I knew I was forgetting someone gigantic when I was doing this because we literally did this about 10 minutes before we came <laughs> on air and I knew I was, uh, I knew I was forgetting someone giga- gigantic and it was Harry Kane. So Rashford, uh, Long, Vardy and Kane and now you see I've got a problem because I, I picked Rashford as my striker but now I'm going to have to drop him and start Kane. Yeah. So Kane is, is leading the line by himself. I did pick a few standbys Oh, which did were, you? Okay. Uh, yeah, I'd better pick a few Irish standbys. I've the guys any that were mind. unlucky to miss out on the squad, so Defoe will immediately <laughs> go into the standbys <laughs> list. Uh, Randolph, Stones, Joe Ledley, Raheem Sterling, Johnny Walters, and Jermaine Defoe are my uh, six. I didn't pick list. any
3: any standbys, but I will list a number of Irishmen because I am worried about being very <laughs> unpatriotic. Because my ma- the makeup of my squad, by the way, my 23 man squad, 10 of them are English. Uh, there is one token Scott and Darren Fletcher, three Welsh. And then there's four Republic of Ireland internationals and five Nordies.
1: My breakdown is 13 Englishmen, (laughs) four (laughs) Irish, three Welsh, uh, two Scots, and just Johnny Evans on his own from Northern Ireland. Stephen Davies really should go in. I might make that 12 Englishmen and two Northern Ireland. But like, uh, you're not really upsetting anyone too much, I don't think. Um, Right,
3: we need a coach. We need a coach.
1: I was so tempted to go with Roy Keane just because of how much he would hate this idea and forcing him to go along and do it. Then Tim Sherwood came into my head... (laughs) Um, <laughs> as somebody who would be really funny to yeah. see in this role, but I think if I was gonna pick someone, and also Sam Allardyce is someone who, I, who I've considered, but um, but I would actually give it to Brian Kerr, he, okay. is, my, he is my manager, just because for the comedy factor, yeah, of, of Brian Kerr giving a speech uh, to these guys and them not having a word uh. what he's saying,
3: <laughs> <laughs> I um. I thought about it for a while I mean Roy Hodgson would have so much respect for the whole idea yeah, but you could he'd couldn't. really get into it he'd love it Bynker'd um,
1: hate it too but I'm forcing him to
3: go. oh yeah um, but you can't be Hodgson because we need to enjoy this I went with a double act I went with the O'Neills okay Michael and oh, Martin oh I they've, love that they've I shared Phillips managers they've yeah. shared awards this is their time to, yeah. they, to come together okay, and manage I'll, take,
1: this I'll actually take that idea on board and appoint the O'Neills as my managers as well as for the tour where are you touring?
3: <laughs> I mean I think it has to be South America. Yeah. Go on a mad Because it's too, imbar- it's, to it's too embarrassing to tour Europe.
1: Yeah. We get, even though it would make so much hammered. sense Oh, good Lord. It's too pointless to tour America and the I Americas so. and play like Mexico and Panama and all those And lads. there's no
3: point going to New Zealand. <laughs> yeah. You can't, there's like, only one team to play.
1: A tour of Africa would l- be a logistical nightmare. Yeah. So it's so got to be South America. I think it's
3: got to be South America. So you would have games against Argentina, Uruguay, Brazil, Chile. Chile. You could nearly... I mean... I'd there's 10 teams aren't there I mean you yeah, could really you just play 10 international teams although I do want to see us take on like Baca how
1: long is your tour as well Jesus
3: I, I, well I mean the, line, the rugby yeah, tour you gotta is 10 games you've got to have a, so.
1: a warm up game so we play like I don't know maybe play
3: Mexico <laughs> Mexico on the way down <laughs> I'm playing Mexico <laughs> on, on the, the way. way down that's a crack lads. Uh, <laughs> no
1: but, uh, but yeah you, you'd have to have a couple of warm up games against club sides maybe Chapaco Ensa that would be a really good mm-hmm. warm up game um, and then yeah you have your tests you want to be playing you can't really do more than four I don't think Four do, games Yeah if you do one a week Chile oh, but
3: You could you can do Well I suppose actually 23 players probably Yeah big like enough It's not for a big squad Mid-week. If you were bringing
1: a 40 squad Yeah well, uh, we just Maybe didn't have time We just didn't to, have the time to plan or, that that for, large, or the tr-
3: foresight To plan that larger trip Um And are you playing Are you playing like Test series against Like one country thrice Like so play Brazil No No No, no. I think it's, I So, so got it's South play. America versus Yeah like Br- I mean okay you, Ireland, could Ireland, you could do like a tour Of
1: Brazil one year And then a tour of Argentina The next and in that case, yeah, you play Brazil three times in a decider what well, this is, I th- actually probably is the best way to do it. The way I had it in my head it was kinda cooler. You go over, you play Uruguay, Chile, Argentina and Brazil. Yeah. And then, you know, you see how you come back from that. But like I don't know, maybe it is a country
3: thing. Yeah. I I bas- I've kind of worked it out in my head that this is the best. Idea that anyone has had in a oh, while. I'm I was going to say, on I was going to say this.
1: the exact opposite. I think it's an absolute disaster. Really, but yeah. when I mean when everyone because first realizes of all the team, like the team is crap that you're putting together. Like, the, team, well. the the Lions have put together a squad that they think can go and play uh, and beat New Zealand in their own backyard. And you can, they've taken the strongest parts of every squad and, and created like a, a super squad from around here. This, this is like a Premier League. Below average. It's like think, a mid-table well, I'm Premier League my team.
3: team. Here, I'm front-loaded: Davis, Allen, Ali, Sterling, Bale, Kane. That's a great team. That is a good front four. The, the, the back four, or five: Evan, Stones, Brady. It's t- yeah, it's, it's I'm maybe saying. Not it's a Coleman team that would do pretty well. It's,
1: it's a team that would do pretty well in the uh, in the Premier
3: League. Uh, one last important question: Who uh, who gets the job of carrying that cuddly toy? The mascot, Marks Rashford takes. You're it from me. giving it Rashford. I'd love to
1: like Delhi Alley it'd be funny. Make him do the waves yeah. and stuff. But it's Marks Rashford carries the cuddly toy. I think yeah. officially
3: with the rugby, the it's rugby the lions it's the youngest player. Uh, I'm giving it to Will Greg for the sake of just giving him something to something do.
1: Something to do. Yeah, I can't believe he made your team at all. And then who's your captain?
3: Oh, I just forgot to pick captain. Um, oh, Darren Randolph. <laughs> no, probably not Darren Randolph. Uh, who? <laughs> My captain's
1: Gareth Bale. I'm going to go Bale. like go, go like Warren Gatland And pick a Welshman Captain Gareth Bale He's best playing squad By an absolute country I'm sick with Darren Randolph Okay Darren Randolph And uh, Inexplicably <laughs> Gareth Bale There you go uh, If you have any glaring omissions Feel free If you think we made any glaring omissions Feel free to get in touch And tell us how ridiculous we are um, That was just a fun discussion Based on the Lions Now I believe um, It's time to kick over For an interview With Killing Sharon <laughs>
3: We're delighted to be joined by Cavan's best travelled man, Killian Sheridan How are you doing today?
2: I'm very good, thank you
3: uh, You're speaking to us from Poland uh, You recently joined a new club uh, Killian. could you firstly pronounce it for me Because I have no idea how to pronounce it And just tell me how you're settling in
2: it's yaglonia bialystok okay this bialystok is the city yaglonia is the team um, and settled in settled in very good so far uh, nice dressing room good lads so it's it's been easy for me
3: great uh, i think you're the first irish international uh, to play in poland Killian, So that's another bit of history for you um, why make the move at this stage
2: uh, it was something I was kind of eager to do. I was eager to move on from Cyprus um, in probably the summertime anyway, uh, and then this this chance came up, and they were they were very eager to get me. And I heard good things about the club and kind of about the league. So um, for me, it was it worked out good. There was kind of there was almost like two different scenarios I could have had in possibly the summertime. Uh, or even in January, like where it's... You can go... I could have went somewhere like here where it's a chance to kind of progress and go on to... to, Because from the Polish league, you tend to get kind of bigger teams looking in Mm. or teams from higher leagues. Uh, So it's quite... It's I kind of realized there that it's hard to go to get like a good move from Cyprus. Okay. You, You kind of have to go... Cyprus via somewhere else to get to get like a goods a good like a good team in a, in a top league so it's uh, that was always in my head and then obviously the other thing from Cyprus you can get is you could get maybe a very good financially good move in the somewhere it's unheard of or it'd never be seen so um, so I kind of that was always in the back of my head to to choose the former rather than
3: take the payday somewhere else
2: uh yeah it was always kind of a not a win-win like it's neither going to be a bad situation for me but yeah uh kind of when this came up then i was kind of like the more you think about it and i'd kind of i'd be looking more and more forward to it like the closer it was kind of happening so um when it eventually did go through and everything was sorted it was a uh, just kinda of more of a relief then because it took so long as well. Um but no, now that I'm, now that I'm here I'm I'm glad I've come and I felt even from like the first game you kind of all the stadiums here are a lot are new stadiums from the Euros. Okay. And, and so like it just felt even from the first game, like the atmospheres, everything, it just felt like you're kind of back in it just it just felt a lot better in and things like that.
3: Great. How do you look back in the Cyprus then? Cyprus experience, killing. Because you played with Apoel Nicosia and then joined Ammonia Nicosia.
2: Um. Yeah. No. It was. It was brilliant for me. It was obviously with Apoel at the the Champions League experience again. So that was obviously the highlight of that time. Um. And then kind of after that, for me personally, was my best. Seasons in football were like goals and performances and things. So mm. uh, it helped me a lot going there. To Obviously, it's people who look at it as leaving the UK and going there is a big, big backward step. But I think f- the player I am now to to before I went to Cyprus is a huge difference. And I kind of feel it in lots of ways, like the way I'm playing, the way I feel, the way I the way I think about football as well. So, um, I think all of those things kind of have learned over the last three or four years. Maybe I would, maybe I would have learned the same if I stayed in the UK, but it just happened that I was, I was in Cyprus when I kind of felt it.
3: Yeah, it's just so rare to see Irish footballers go, even go beyond the UK. I think you're one of maybe four or five Irish players that have ever played in the Champions League with non UK teams. In terms of culturally fitting into these places, Killian, I'm interested to hear how that went for you. Because like, I mean, did you have much of the language moving to say Cyprus?
2: Um, no, Cyprus is different because because it's such a basic it's like a tourist island. So every literally everyone there speaks near perfect English. Okay so the language was no problem. And I'm finding here the language is a bit it's not as common for people to be speaking English or such good English all the time. So you can be kind of 50, 50, like if someone speaks some English or kind of don't have anything at all. And but I've kind of I've got all my apps and everything <laughs> on hand here. So I can, I can get by like, but it's, I definitely will need to pick up a bit of Polish mm. more. I'll, I'll need to learn more Polish than I tried learning Greek.
3: Okay. And do you have any theory, maybe this is too kind of wide-ranging question, do you have any theories as to why so few Irish footballers take that leap abroad and go play somewhere in Europe or Eastern Europe or even as, as far as Cyprus?
2: Uh, I've, I've no idea. Um, I always put it down to maybe just fellas don't have the opportunities or they don't get the offers. Yeah. Uh, but I I really I've, I've no idea I don't see why I just I don't know I'm, maybe I'm just different I just doesn't appeal to me staying in staying in the UK for how many years like for your whole career and um, not that it's it's not a bad thing to do but it just doesn't really appeal to me um, and even at ammonia when I was uh, when Matt Derbyshire came yeah, like it, was, it was someone I could kind of relate to and kind of see if it was just me feeling that. And he was kind of saying a little bit the same, like that. He just, he just wanted to kind of go out and do something new. And I think, I'm sure a few times he said he wished he kind of went abroad a little bit more. But obviously he had he had different experiences where he went to a team like Olympiakos, which is in Greece is a massive team. So yeah um but i don't know i think i've uh, i don't know it's, it's hard to pinpoint and it's something I'm, I'm always asked why why people don't go abroad more because i really have i i don't know the answer i think it's kind of the the thought on leagues outside of the uk are less uh, like a lower level kind of
3: yeah this is what i wanted to
2: ask playing here. if i'm not playing here like it's it's not the same as being a it's not the same level and things like this i, I don't know and yeah. i think it reduces your chance if you're playing in the uk there's only one league you're going to play in europe whereas if you go go more into europe and there's there's so many other options to gateways to get into playing european football it's like even you're kind of you're pigeonholing yourself into a select few teams in the uk whereas i feel the more you go you've got you've got all of europe to kind of go into all these okay apart from like the big four leagues all these eastern european leagues <clears throat> yeah, so yeah i, I don't know that's it's it's Again, I, I can't really put my finger on exactly what it is.
3: From my point of view, maybe there is a feeling among certain players, especially those with international aspirations, that if I move away from from Britain, I might be out of the focus and then I. of out of the focus, of the manager, and then out of contention for any further international call-ups. Was that ever? Did that ever play on your mind when you were deciding you first moved to Bulgaria, and then you came back to Scotland, and then presumably you had a number of offers to weigh up, and then you decided to make the move to Cyprus? Did that weigh on your mind as a as almost like a way to keeping you keeping you around Britain?
2: Uh, nah, it's, no, that never really came into my head. Maybe a little bit when I was going to Bulgaria because it was kind of I was just in the squads. Um, but when I went from Kilmarnock to Apoel, um, I wasn't near the squad or being involved or anything. So it was never in my head to thinking, well, leaving now. I'm not, I'm not in the squad now, so leaving, what difference does it make? Yeah. So I've, I haven't really been in the situation where I'm a regular and in the national team and if I if I leave maybe that'll change. So I've never had I haven't had that kind of dilemma on if I go it's kind of in place it's in place of being in the in the Ireland squad.
3: Yeah. Uh you mentioned earlier on about you did of course play in the Champions League with Apple Nicosia. You played in all the group games and it was a heck of a group you were drawn in, uh, Barcelona PSG and Ajax um, I was reading a recent newspaper interview with you in the Sunday Times. Uh, you didn't swap jerseys with any any anyone famous like Suarez or Messi, did you?
2: No. I I tried to swap jerseys with Piquet after the first game. And he he said something. I think it was just when we came off. Ah uh, yeah, because I got taken off like the last 10 15 minutes. Okay. That was one thing, like, I don't I, I, don't think I could go from the bench and then walk out to the pitch to kind of ask for a jersey. Maybe if I was still on the pitch and the final whistle goes, you know, and you just I turn to the nearest guy and I'm like, like, Jesser, as if for the jerseys, try to do yeah. it in a like, cool way without being too eager for it. Um, but then I think I just, I seen PK as we were going in and he said, he, like, pointed to the tunnel or something like that this and then I never seen him there so I wasn't I didn't want to go kind of like running after him to, to get it so I just I didn't bother and then the, f- the first time with Celtic something similar happened when we played United us at Celtic and uh, it was Ronaldo was going off the pitch and I was going down the tunnel with him as well from the bench and this is basically like the same thing. He muttered something and pointed to the pitch or something like this. And then kind of walked into the tunnel and I thought, oh, no, I've just been patched. And then that, the kind of the same thought came into my head after PK done it. So I said, right, that's I'm finished. I've given up going after for, for big-name jerseys. Uh, so the only time I'll ever change it is if maybe if I'm playing against someone I know in games like this, or if someone asks me something like this, but PK PK finished that for me. <laughs>
3: um, one of your better tweets, Killian. Uh, in one, uh, my headstone will read "The last Irishman in the Champions League." The fact that you are pretty much the only Irishman that's played regularly in Champions League group stages the last couple of years, it, I guess that's something that fills you with a lot of pride. Uh,
2: yeah, in a weird way, but yeah. It wasn't something I set out thinking or it ever came into my head. And then someone mentioned it to me and I was like, oh, okay. And I didn't really think anything of it. And then I don't know, then it, I think it was just kind of all, all the all the median stuff, like coverage that was starting to get from us, it, it kind of hit home with me a bit. Oh, it's actually quite a big thing now. So mm. it was for a while, it, it was nice and then and came here, and again the only Irishman thing, and so.
3: <laughs> and then obviously after uh, after Apwell, you then you then crossed over for Ammonia Nicosia. Is that a big rivalry, Killian? Uh
2: yeah, it's yeah it's quite big. Obviously it's not on Celtic Rangers scale, but it's it's a, quite a big thing. And um, it was different for me because I contract finished with Apple and they said they didn't want to sign for me to sign again Okay, never an offer where I was turning them down and then like going over to their rivals and signing It was they said they didn't want me, I had whatever a week or two weeks free and then I, I signed for Ammonia and they're pretty keen on me, it's like all this phoning and stuff so that always helps make up your mind when you know how much they want you, so it wasn't. And the fact that I think I'm not, cyber, I'm not Cypriot, so there wasn't really the same like hatred or anything. I'd meet fans, and lots of them would say would have good things to say to me. And there was only one one time I had any trouble, and basically that was it for like the two years.
3: Yeah, because I was I was gonna ask what like what kind of reception you got, and maybe when you're on the field during the derby, there weren't any kind of pigs' heads thrown at you, Figo style or anything
2: like that. Nah, 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 um, nah. Maybe a plastic cup of coke or something, something like that. But nah, just a few booze and things. But it was normal. It was like it was. I was kind of surprised the first time. I was always a bit nervous, like thinking, "Oh, what's it going to be like?" And it was. Uh, it was. It was fine. It was just like playing. It was like you just like you're just a rival player. There wasn't really. I didn't feel like there was anything anything else along with it like the fact that oh, he's an ex Apol player he's mm. betrayed data or anything like this i never really never really felt that
3: yeah just to bring it back to moving to poland and you talked about you per- perhaps using uh, jaglonia as, as a springboard to a bigger league i guess you still harbor hopes of adding to your international caps
2: um, yeah definitely that's that was one of the the bigger reasons or the bigger like chances that I'd get from coming to a, a better league and um, not so much to kind of come to yeah go on to somewhere better that's gonna obviously be everyone's ambitions but I had all this the other thing was was to get in not even to get into the Ireland squad just to kind of have my name in around it again because mm. um, I think when Being in Cyprus, it was just kind of like, I don't think it was even considered, like even when I came to Poland and then they told me that they spoke about me moving here, whereas I don't think I was ever spoke about in the two years or three years in Cyprus. So it was, uh, I think even straight away, I think, it might have brought me a little
3: no, sir. Uh, Did the fact um, that you were not talked about, perhaps, in Cyprus, that know you? Uh,
2: no, I wouldn't say annoying it. you. There'd be times, up until the Champions League, I kind of would have been thinking the same. It was probably because it was It's just the way like you think of it in the UK, where I was there and I was thinking, right, I'm in Cyprus, I've no chance now. Yeah. And then it wasn't until... We actually qualified for the Champions League, and then I thought, oh, I've actually, I've got a pretty good chance here. Before, I'd never like when a squad's announced, I'd never kind of be looking or expecting anything. But then once that came around, I was kind of thinking, oh, I'm kind of hoping to to get something here. Mm. Um, so it was kind of, it was not annoyed; it's just a bit disappointment, I'd say, if, rather than anything. And
3: are um, you and in, in, like, would Martin O'Neill or Ruking be in contact with you at all now, or is it just kind of you've to play away until they notice you?
2: As far as I know, yeah. I don't know how it works. I don't know if I've not had any contact, so I don't know if it's I don't know if they do keep in contact with players or anything like that. Like before, when I was with when Trapattoni was the manager, there was never like phone calls or anything, or yeah. When I moved to Bulgaria, there was never a phone call or anything. So I don't know if it's. I don't think it's something the managers do international level. I don't know. It's. Um, you have to ask someone. Yeah. Who's in the squad?
3: Do you ever wonder, Killian, if like how different how things could have been a bit different? Because I was just in preparation for this. I was reading. Uh, you had a chance to play Aussie rules uh, with Brisbane. Is that right?
2: Yeah. Brisbane, Brisbane Lions.
3: How far? I mean, did you go for trials? Like, how far down the track did that go?
2: I went... So I had the guy... I can't remember his name or anything. He was kind of like a scout. Kind of a scout agent type of, type of fella. And he came and... First told us about the interest and in all that. Um, and then... I went and done like a training. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was a trial or a test or something. But mm-hmm. when they brought me in, there was me, those was uh, Sean Cavanagh's brother. Sean One other, some other guy. Okay. And they brought us up to Blackrock College on the the fields and the one like the sports complex bit. And I remember doing like some sprinting tests. And then the guy had a Aussie rules ball and like was showing us how to do the kicking and things like this. Just it was like literally twenty minutes just kicking a ball around. And then the some of the running things. So I don't know whatever happened with those, if they were tests or what, I don't know. And then a while after that, he we had a meeting with him, with this guy, and Actually, no, we had a meeting with, yeah, with this, I'm going to call him an agent. And I think someone from Brisbane, I don't know if he was like maybe a director or something. And it came, this meeting came like like very close to the time I went on my first trial. I went over to Norwich and I was kind of, I just said to them, look, I've just started to get some trials. This is, my first choice is going to be to go and play soccer. And then, if nothing comes from these trials, then we can meet again. And the guy was like, Yeah, sounds good. Respect that. Um, but even before, I remember before he was saying, Look, just this summer, just come down to Brisbane if you don't like it. Treat it as a family or as a holiday for the family. So I think it was probably pretty close mm. to happening. Um, but I never really thought. Never actually really thought about it that much.
3: Yeah, obviously the football career worked out pretty great and you obviously ended up at Celtic. How do you look back at your time at Celtic, Killian?
2: Uh, good. Little, mm, good, but it could have been better, I think. Definitely could have been better. Um, kind of, it was only, I, was, I was only really at Celtic for like, I'd say like the six months where I was playing in the first team and stuff. Okay. I was uh, like the first year in the youth team and then got making my debut that season. So I was obviously a big thing. Then the second season I was injured for a good bit. And then it wasn't until the third one where I had like six months where I was kind of like involved with the first team. Um, Whereas for the rest of my time I was like a reserve I was a reserve player playing reserve games and things like that. And so I'd say, I'd, even though I was there for so long, a lot of it was out on loan mm. um, or else in the youth team for my first season. Uh, so I never really got to, like I never really got to be involved in winning a league or, or things like that. Uh, only the the Champions League. And that's why I always say the Champions League experience us with Apoel felt a lot different to at Celtic because at Celtic it was more like it was at the time where were the, the previous two seasons had went to the last 16 okay or not last 16 the, where they got out of the groups so they were like expected to be Champions League every season and it was kind of not the normal but for Celtic it wasn't such a big deal yeah to to be in the Champions League and and then with Apoel obviously it's it is a a lot harder to get into it and because you're more involved in it it felt it felt a lot more gratifying Um, plus I was I was very young doing it with Celtic so I probably didn't appreciate how big the competition is Um, so I don't know
3: yeah, no, that's great. Um, Killian, we're, um, for our final question, we always put everybody on the spot. Uh, we ask all our football guests to name the two best players that they've ever trained with. They're not necessarily played, but who's who's the best in the training ground for you? The
2: two best they've ever trained with? Uh, so basically, the, yeah. Uh, the two best they've ever trained with? Um, training training, I didn't really play with him that much, but in training, uh, Aiden McGeady. Yeah, everybody said McGeady. That. I remember one training session after Gordon's track had, and he had, like, in the afternoon, it was, like, under 20 trees, had to all train. It was basically just, like, a finishing session or something for attacking. And it was, he was doing it. And so I just remember after that day, I was like, that was unbelievable. But what I seen today. Literally everything was was coming off like some of the tricks and finishing was it was ridiculous. Um and then so that'd be one second one. Uh, I probably say ammonia we had there was a guy Nuno Assis. Okay. And he was I think he was thirty eight was the last season. He just retired this season. He was thirty seven. Maybe thirty seven. He was playing every game, training like yeah, training proper like not like a not training as if he was 37, like kind of taking it easy and stuff. And um, and then in games like he'd play kind of as a number 10 in games he'd just kind of go in spurts and like would get the crowd going and things like that. Or if, if training wasn't going too good, he'd give it a little bit of a lift to so do something or like something stupid like shout at people or something yeah. like this but just for the fact of his age and he was still I think in, when he was 36 yeah when he was 36 he I think won the best player in the league and then the next year he was in the team of the year and then then retired
3: <laughs> so <it was> really... <laughs> uh, well I'll can promise you Canadian, that's the first shout we've had for Nuno assists in this little slot but I, pretty much everybody says Magini so you can uh uh, you're in good company there. Uh, Killian. thanks so much for chatting to us.
2: No problem. Pleasure.
1: A very fashionable man as well, mm. Killian Sheridan. I'm, I'm,
3: liking, I'm liking the long hair he's got going on there. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, it's time for Pundit Watch. Pundit Watch. Hello,
3: welcome to Fletch and Sav, the best bits. I still love
1: that stint from mm. Pundit Watch. Um, yeah, so last night we were treated to an absolute feast of football in uh, Real Madrid versus What Bayern a Munich. nice. And, uh, of course... The other game, which was Leicester City versus Atletico Madrid. Now, the pundits were very, in the in the Real Bayern game, everybody agreed that it was kind of like, oh, how great is Ronaldo? Yeah, but his goals were offside. And mm. oh my God, the officials made so many horrible decisions. And what's, what I thought was funny as well is like the Estonian football fans have sort of been piping up and being like, uh, yeah, by the way, we've hated this referee for years. Is he Estonian? No, he's No, Hungarian. he's not. Okay. He is the referee that gave Ireland an early penalty in the Euro twenty twelve playoff against Estonia. God bless. That him. we went and won four nil. In in, in, him. in Tallinn. Yeah, I think that's yeah. um and they hate him and they've hated him ever since. Like what we That's amazing. The treatment that we would give the referee who awarded the France Golf the Henri Handball. They have their own one. Martin um, Hansen based on um based on uh, Ireland oh, right. out of the, the, the Euro so <laughs> 2012 Victor yeah um, so he's he, a hated figure in his yeah he did manage to uh, he did manage
3: to get almost everything wrong like it was perversely impressive
1: well, some of them weren't his the, the worst call I think was the yellow card for Arturo Vidal yeah like, like,
3: the, like the second yellow the
1: not only is that not a yellow card not only is that not a foul but it's actually an outstanding challenge by yeah. Arturo Vidal and like it, it, the way it's going it's going to turn like basketball where all contact has been removed from the game yeah and there's going to be free throws. Like th- That's literally the way we're heading. Uh, but yeah, his assistant let him down badly on the offsides. It was just kind of a shit show.
3: Yeah, well, especially with the last one. Like The last one looked offside, all right, when we saw it. But yeah. maybe you could... Because it's just Marcelo and Ronaldo move so fast mm-hmm. and the linesman just couldn't well, keep up. Well, that's the, up, thing. So you look at the foot, like It's a pretty compelling it, the argument the for one, video technology the is bi- the fact um, that absolutely. The, the l- humans literally can't keep up with no. Ronaldo and Marcelo. Sure,
1: look at the, Do- look at the Douglas Costa playing um, Ronaldo onside because he was tracking Danny Carvajal. They freeze it and it looks like, oh my God, Ronaldo's a a yard offside. How can anyone make that decision? It's so bad. They show it at real time and it is boom. Ronaldo's coming back as Costa's going, or Ronaldo's, yeah, going back as Costa's going back. And the way it looks, it's absolutely split second. We've had Stephen Hunt on the show before tell us that he doesn't want to see technology brought in because. because these type of things, like what we're doing right now, is part of part and parcel of the game, of football. It's, it's it's yeah. Like I mean, I always then on the flip about side, that. and like, but there's a lot of people that share that view with Hunt, and then on the of flip course. side, you've got it's a Champions League quarterfinal. You can't get these things wrong just so we can talk about it. Yeah,
3: like, I mean, I've always had a little bit of sympathy for that, like, oh, you know, chaos. The game is meant to be chaos and, you know, like, human error from referees is meant to be part of that and it gives us something to talk about. But at the same time, after that game, I did feel, and I don't want to come across as too holier than they, but I did feel like, oh, I wish we were just talking about, like, you know, how good... Real were yeah. how good Bayern were because that was set up as a classic and in many ways it was anyway it was but it's like, just yeah, so frustrating really the fact watch, that, yeah, like, it's so not frustrating to, that they got, not that, like they they got that wrong the the
1: day. over in Atletico Madrid versus Leicester yeah
3: now I was watching extra time so I didn't see any of the punditry yeah. after, after Leicester's fairy tale was ended
1: yeah no I caught up on it um, and it was because yeah I was watching immediately at the final whistle of Leicester I was watching BT Sport and uh, they obviously had Gary Lineker uh, presenting it so that every question was going to be skewed towards how kind of great Leicester are mm. just, You know, obviously he's a Leicester fan he's going to be loving what's going on and they had Martin O'Neill there and they asked Gary G- Gary Lineker <laughs> phrased questions like how heroic have, have they been so he kind of teed Martin on up to go off on a really on a gushing rant about how great great Leicester are and he did that I think we have uh, Martin O'Neill's audio now On, on the heroics of the, these players really because they have been punching massively above their weight They're, a lot of them were journeyman professionals who've been kind of thrown out of different
2: clubs. It's not quite happened for them. Well, it's an extraordinary story, right? Winning the league for a start, that's just amazing. It's not fluke. You know, you can't go 38 games and, and fluke a league. You might fluke a cup some stage or another. But And then to carry this on, to go into the to go into the Champions uh, uh, League group and to come out of that, then you go to Seville and get a result against Sevilla. It's just fantastic. And you're playing a team... That have been in two Champions League finals, and the second half, I tell you, they put them under mm. serious pressure. It has been a fantastic mm. run. It's an incredible run, one uh, phenomenon.
1: So that's, Martin that's nice you know. by Martin. Yeah. You know? nice man says nice things. Mm. And then you flip over to TV3, and you've got Graham Cunns, who hates modern football and everything
0: that it involves. Seem themselves, in your eyes, no, since Shakespeare took, took no, over. No, no, because um, the guy that they won the league with last year had to leave the club. Yeah. um some of those players i believe allowed themselves to get into their armchair and they started to believe some of the things that were being written and said about them eh, you're a champion you're a big player you just had an increase of whatever on your contract um people say nice things on the television about them writing nice things about them and you've got to resist that this is a, a an average group of players that had the season of their lives. I can never in my time in football remember a Leicester happening before where they played a brand of football it was exciting but it was very basic and then the following year instead of being the same type of player which was get it forward, push them out, be aggressive, work harder than the, the guys you were playing against, they all of a sudden thought they were proper players so they could pass and move not put the same effort in and that cost the manager his job and that's why having been a manager I was miffed with them and then Lo and behold, the new guy comes in, and they start to find a bit of aggression, the extra yard again, and then they start to start to win games again. How would Ranieri feel, you know, two weeks after he leaves, or three weeks when they won three or four games back to back? It's you know, it's the players. They 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 pulled up the drawbridge. They didn't put the same amount of effort in.
1: God, he hates them. He does, and he would also go on to say that he went to Bournemouth versus Swansea with his son, mm-hmm. um, and they both hated it because there was too much boring passing, and there was nobody... Oh, what was his words at the time? Nobody smashed anyone. No Nobody smashed anyone. There was no anger in the game. Uh, he said it was like watching Dutch football. Oh. And, yes. like, and then this prompted Tommy Martin to directly ask him, did you vote Brexit? And he goes... Of course I did <laughs> In one of the more surreal TV punditry moments <laughs> I
3: did actually see The Brexit clip Yeah um, He smiled it's the, I think it's the first time I've ever <laughs> seen Graham Sinesse's teeth yeah. uh, Firstly They're immaculately Apart from when white when he
1: grits them When someone pulls out of a yeah, challenge
3: Yeah actually that's true But I've never seen them looking a- so immaculately yeah. white um, But slightly intimidating yeah. I mean, I wasn't comforted by that oh, Sunez smile. I was like, ooh, like I shiver on <laughs> down my spine. Uh, I'm not in any way surprised to hear that uh, Sunez <laughs> uh, no. wants to take back control of Britain's borders. He, he really doesn't like foreign players. But uh, now, actually, that is now extended to all modern footballers. Yeah. He really it's, hates it's, them.
1: It's a recurring theme, and it's great. Like, Sunez as as will give praise where it's due, but only then.
3: And like, oh well, only in the scenario where yeah. one player like violently assaults <laughs> another other player.
1: He does like a bit of contact. Um, he does. The game hasn't changed much from his day as, he, as far as he's concerned. But, I, but like, what I loved about it was it, it perfectly captured the way that there is genuinely two opinions on Leicester mm. out there. There's one that are still, it's an incredible journey. Like, yeah, the Ranieri thing was a bit, it was a bump. In, in an otherwise, you know, lovely tale. And then there's others who are just like, this is an absolute disgrace. These players chucked it and got Ranieri the sack. And I love Claudio Ranieri and I refuse to support Leicester. Mm. Those are the two kind of football fans that exist um, at the minute. And I thought that, like, Suness was, you know, very critical of the Leicester players and Kilbane agreed with them in a lesser, to a lesser <laughs> degree, yeah. not as, not as, you know, aggressively as
3: Sunets <laughs> it. It's It is hard to warm to some of the Leicester players.
1: It's Oh, definitely. Oh, but like, at is. the same time, the decision to sack Ranieri was the correct one. Now, yeah, uh, yeah. for the club, it was the correct one. They, they, they've done so much better since he's gone. So you have to ask yourself, and like, I've watched interviews with, with guys like Christian Fuchs recently, who are just adamant that the, like there was no there was no breakdown between Ranieri and the club. It's just that things got difficult. Everybody struggled, and then it was the sacking. Well, the Leicester players will say the performance because the performance against Liverpool is what really turned everyone against the team because it was the first game after Ranieri, yeah. and they were unreal. And they, it was better than well, they played all season. They tried. They yeah. tried really hard. <laughs> but that's the thing. But what Leicester players will tell you is the reason that they tried hard is because of how everybody had accused them of trying to get Ranieri the sack. Well,
3: this, th- is, this is from their well, own. they had no excuse, did they? I mean, they could hide behind the excuse of underperforming because of the manager. And now, well, we've got rid of the manager, so now we actually have to do it. Yeah. Like, there's something about that. But what Ranieri- they would say okay, was that
1: the accusations thrown at them was dressing room wall material that went, we're going to go out there and we're going to show them what we can do. Not realising that that actually made it look way worse. And that made all the accusations look true. I'm not entirely convinced they were. Um my views on Leicester haven't really changed. I've never I was never that, you know, oh lovey dovey, Leicester are the best, what an amazing story. I was never that it's a disgrace what's happened around the area. I'm kind of in the middle and like I'd, I'd, I'd rather Atletico Madrid In the Champions League Semi-final I'm um, a huge fan Of what they're doing there
3: Yeah I'm kind of happy That Leicester got this far I didn't kind of want them In the last yeah. four Of the European Cup Where do I stand I was kind of I did get swept away With Leicester a bit Last season The problem hard, was hard not to I did a bit but Yeah uh, But the problem right. was It happened like Every Saturday For about six weeks <laughs> If you remember Every Saturday Maybe Sunday I think they played Yeah That every week you'd pick up a paper and it's kind of the same story again and again and while Can it's enchanting no. for a while and then it's just kind of a bit tired and then the Tottenham-Chelsea game was the best game of the season and there was the party and Jamie Vardy takes and mm-hmm. I was on board with it, with it then this season I don't know like I mean what they showed this season was the fact that staying in the Premier League is ultimately more important than winning it Yeah, and that was a bit sad you yeah. know I do feel a bit sad for Ranieri but it's hard uh, I to guess that's very, very nice um, man. fair yeah. play to Leicester for making this far but you know, as I said, I'm kind of happy enough for them to uh, to take their leave.
1: Absolutely. Elsewhere in punditry, you had um, Owen Hargreaves absolutely disgusted at the refereeing decisions, and like his Bayern bias is is he, he doesn't even try and hide it on BT Sport. Although, like he was completely justified in his complaints last night. But you, like they had Michael Owen, who was trying to remain as vanilla as possible.
3: Michael Owen got really old looking. He do, he looks like Steve Bruce. This I was just going to say that he looks He's like got Steve. Bruce. I can't remember who shaped head. Can't remember
1: for the life of me who tweeted it out on my timeline, but I saw it and I was like Jesus. He does He
3: is starting it's, to look like Steve
1: it's, it's either like the shape of the head Or like the furrowed brows. Yeah
3: Oh my god he got, he got really um, old looking so just he,
1: overnight So yeah O'Neill and Sunef Were the highlights of the Pundit Watch Now it is time to jump on To Ladbrokes Bed of the Week
3: Get double the odds On first goal scorer With Ladbrokes That's right If you're winning First goal scorer Scores in the opening 20 minutes Of selected live matches Then Ladbrokes will double the odds Available in Ladbroke shops nationwide. 18 plus terms and conditions apply to louis.net.
1: We have been in fantastic form Yeah. as of late. We're not bringing in 28 to 1 shouts that are going to pay for your trip to Ibiza this summer. But what we are doing is giving you these little ones that you can throw in a treble or an accumulator and enhance it greatly. We've been on a bit of a run and now it's my turn. Mm-hmm. To uh, to ruin all of that. Uh,
3: Gav Casey got it last week. It was a score draw in the United game. United's Europa League tie. away went to Anderlecht. Uh, we were made sweat on it, but eventually United... Yeah, uh, Dendonker. Dendonker. With,
1: w- with an absolute Dendonker <laughs> of a header. As soon as I saw that, I was like, that man's name is a verb.
3: An adjective. A verb is a doing word, a verb.
1: A Dendonker uh, yeah, of a header, yeah, be it Yeah, Dendonker, right. It's an <laughs> adjective. Yeah, English. Um,
3: Whereas uh, you, you can... An like, you Yebo- boa is a verb. Like, you can you it <laughs> in off the bar. Yeah. Uh, you actually, you don't even need in off the bar. Yeah, it's, you'd it. by you, but... you would
1: dentonk it.
3: Dendonk it, yeah.
1: Or an absolute dentonker <laughs> of a header. <laughs> I like to, uh, As I prefer. Uh, that's
3: to, better you know, than Thunderbaster, by the way. Oh. The prevalence of Thunderbaster, though, is kind of surprising.
1: Thunderbaster, I mean, like, we use it a lot, but, you know, it's one of those ones where <laughs> it was really funny and new for a while. And now it's, like, it's kind of been around. Uh, it's but, a poor uh, man's
3: boom missile, as, uh, as I was Mark Farley is. I've never really a big Boom I, I feel like it's an Americanism a wee bit, even yeah. though it came from what the cabin is, guy in the office. Didn't, it,
1: didn't, it, didn't wasn't it originally some sort of American parody on
3: something? I oh, okay,
1: I might have been where it's coming from, but anyway, Labworks better than we. Yeah, uh, yeah. So LabWorks are offering double odds if you're winning first goal scorer scores in the first twenty minutes of the following games. Uh, Barcelona versus Juve tonight, which is probably going to be too late by the time that this goes out. Apologies for that. But Man United versus Anderlecht tomorrow. Norwich versus Brighton on Friday. And then on Saturday you've got Hibs versus Aberdeen in the Scottish Cup and Chelsea versus Spurs. Oh-oh. Then on Sunday you've got Celtic versus Rangers, Burnley versus Man United, Arsenal versus Man City. So loads of games to get involved on there. Monday as well, as it's extended up to next week as well. You've Monday you got Newcastle versus Preston and Tuesday you've got Chelsea versus Southampton. All of those games with Labrooks, if you're winning, first goal score scores in the first 20 minutes it's double odds that is a sensational deal as for our labrooks bet of the week we have we were given two specials by labrooks this week and we're going to pick one of them mm. because one of them is too good to turn down and that is our labrooks bet of the week that is marcus rashford to score and man united to win at six point six to four yeah so if man united win you got to feel like marcus is going to score i think so yeah now is he, i, I mean, really do do you think that a will start because he was rested for it but, in, but even Rashford, like the, the
3: the level of the performance against Chelsea won't swing Mourinho to. I don't think. Re-evaluate. I don't think.
1: I don't know. He might start Rashford on the wing. Or Rashford will come on, but I think he, there's no way Rashford's not involved in this game after playing so well against Chelsea because he's got the legs in him. Mm. Uh, and if he does play, I back him to score and I back Man United to win. The other special that we've got, which was also rather tempting in terms of better the week, is Man United to win and four or more goals in the match at nine to four. Yeah, um, that's the idea I that Man United could win three one and your back could come through, or United could win four nil. Yeah, uh, or United could win three two and your back could come in. Um, because at Old Trafford they're having a bit more joy uh, against teams, certainly in the Europa League, three against St. Etienne. Um so that's another one to consider there as well.
3: Yeah, definitely. At Ladbrooks, if one team lets you down on your ACA of five teams or more, you'll get your money back as a free bet up to 25 Euro. Ladbrooks, online, mobile, and in shop. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. louis.net
1: We'll move on to the final slot of the week, which is a look at our Chinese Super League teams. We don't really have a sting.
3: No, I might might play some kind of generic communist slogan there, our communist tune. Um, Like, we've obviously achieved many great things in this podcast, Mikey, as you're well aware of. but perhaps the best thing that we've done is are this is, are the selections of our Chinese Super League teams. Yeah, we picked three teams between us, and they're currently the top three <laughs> in the league. <laughs> Couldn't ride. Um, Gavin Casey quick uh, picked Guangzhou RNF, and they're top of the league after five games the with thirteen <laughs> points. Uh, then my boys Shandong Luneng uh, are second po- are in second place with twelve points. And Mikey, your Guangzhou Evergrande boys yep. are adrift with ten points in third. That's
1: fine. Uh, we knew we'd be there in thereabouts. We had a slow start, but I'm I'm back in the the second half of the second half of the second half of the first half of the season <laughs> to really come through uh, for us I'm forever grande bubbles <laughs>
3: <laughs> Good Lord. Uh, we have some news from China as well this is uh, brilliant Carlos Tevez uh, Carlos, a pound a second, Tevez. Poor Tevez cannot now be mentioned in any newspaper article without the fact that he's being paid £615,000 a week being mentioned. changed his name. Uh, and after a reasonable start uh, to life in Chinese, he's been a little bit underwhelming, but he did score a couple of goals in the first game of the season. Um, he's... A, he's Brought the wrath and the rage of his fans in Shanghai. Uh, he's currently out of action with a calf injury, and he missed their most recent game. And where was he? Wasn't in the stand cheering on his teammates. He was at Disneyland <laughs> with his family.
1: I mean, I've been to Disneyland. It's a great experience. It's a great time for everyone. hundred percent is. Um, you shouldn't be skiving off playing for a football team and going. But I don't he's think.
3: injured. luck uh, I, I actually have a bit of sympathy for Carlos Tevez here. Yeah, like in terms of his leaving a football season to. I mean, he did famously leave for a few months oh, to well, play like, golf.
1: Do I this. understand why he did it? Oh my god, yeah! <laughs> like he probably hates it in China. It's probably absolutely awful. But uh, it would have been nice for his teammates if he was there and he was kind of like, "Come on, lads." Ugh, I don't know.
3: Like, I mean, they they know that he won't didn't want to be there. Surely. I have a bit of sympathy for Tevez here. Yeah, Disneyland, by the way, I've, I've been. I've been to Disneyland as a kid. It's great. It is great. I don't know where the Disneyland is a, that I've he went I've to. I've actually. been like as it an must adult. Be in China. If it's
1: the one in Anaheim, is there a Disneyland in China, or did he fly to America? I went to the one in Anaheim on my J one. Uh, Shanghai Disneyland,
3: evil. by the way, yeah, there's one in Shanghai. Okay, of course.
1: Well then, sure. Well then, I don't know if he's in Shanghai. He, I mean, he could have gone another day. You can go to Disneyland any day if you if you're in Shanghai and Disneyland is there, yeah. which it is. I don't so know. you know, it's a big game. I thought maybe he could have, for the bros, for his teammates, that he clearly would die for. Carl maybe
3: Stenner. he realizes that the fact that Shanghai aren't going to do anything this season because we didn't pick them. Well, it's that's, a three-way you know, fight for the they, title. It's
1: impossible for them. We will keep you updated on the Chinese Super League as it uh, as <laughs> as it continues in China yeah. uh, over the course of this podcast. But that is all we've got time for this week. A huge thank you to everyone for tuning in. A reminder to rate. And uh, subscribe to us on iTunes if you rate. It does us a huge favor as well. You can uh, get a comment in there and we'll read it out on show. Um, We're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We're on... uh, Are we still on Stitcher? Oh, no, we're
3: on Stitcher, yeah. It's Real Audio Boom device. that I kind of stopped putting it on. Yeah, okay. No, fair one, enough. no news audio booms. So. And SoundCloud, we're not on SoundCloud either anymore. No. Not really. No. no not okay. Really, okay.
1: Fair enough. Libs in is is how we embed it in our post. Yeah. But a uh, huge thank you to everyone who listened in. Huge thank you to Ladbrokes for sponsoring the podcast. As always, there's some great deals on this week. But until next time, from myself and Gavin, we will catch you for the next one.